Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers, and we are continuing and wrapping up actually today our series on Black History Month. And I am very honored to have with us today a young man who is uh, making history as we speak. Um, and so I wanted to wrap this series up, not only talking about history from the context of the past, but what types of moves are taking place today that are that is writing history for tomorrow. So um, I want to give you a brief um, overview of what today's show is about. So uh, the title of today's show is Memphis Struggles for Justice. A modern day David versus Goliath. Uh, Memphis has a long history in its struggle for justice. Just as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed there, standing up for the rights of the city's impoverished, impoverished Black community in the Poor People's Campaign more than 50 years ago, Memphis once again finds itself in a fight to protect its poor Black community against injustice. This modern-day David versus Goliath pits the black citizens of Memphis against the big Texas oil company seeking to run an oil pipeline through the heart of the black community and placing the health of these citizens at great risk. The injustice of corporate greed over the health and well-being of the black citizens of Memphis is a classic case of environmental justice. Now, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my special guest today. Justin J. Pearson is the fourth son of five boys born to teenage parents in Memphis, Tennessee. Justin graduated from Mitchell High School as valedictorian and bowed, uh, bowed down, I apologize if I mispronounce that, college in 2017, majoring in both government and legal studies and education studies. He currently lives in Memphis but works at the headquarters of Year Up in Boston, Massachusetts. He is focused on social, racial, and economic justice as special assistant to the CEO of Year Up, a national program helping 18 to 24 year olds gain training and entry level jobs with corporate partners, such as Bank of America, Facebook, and Salesforce. Justin Jay is also one of the leaders of Memphis Community Against Pipeline, MCAP, which is a Black-led environmental justice organization seeking to end the racism and injustices in, in Memphis with the stopping of the Bihalia Connection Pipeline. Pearson has an unwavering commitment to justice and the pursuit of opportunity for all people. I would like to welcome, as my guest today, Mr. Justin J. Pearson. Welcome, Justin. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here with you, Bill, and I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I'm really honored. 
Yes, and I want to I want to uh, to give you a little uh, feedback as far as how I came across Justin J. Pearson. Uh, some time ago, not too long ago, we did a show on racism and climate change, and my guest was my good friend and an, an activist, Mr. Tim Guinea. And as a result of that, Tim and I have been in communication back and forth because I was unaware of the, the actual connection of racism and climate change. And then as we sort of broaden the scope of climate change into an environmental justice. And, uh, but I always felt since I started this show, which was focused on racism in America, I, I felt since I started the show that I wanted to reach out to Tim one day and say, Tim, I've got this this thought in my head about racism and climate change. And I was very much aware and applaud his tremendous efforts in the climate change arena. Uh, Tim and I worked together as actors, you know, some time ago. So that's how I know Tim. And I know him to be a person of great character. And so as a result of our communications subsequent to the interview, uh, he has been keeping me abreast of all types of situations as it relates to racism and climate change. And this is how I became familiar with you and your fantastic efforts in Memphis, Tennessee. So once again, I'm honored to have you on this show today, and uh, you are making history as we speak. So um, congratulations on all of the um, progress that you've made and congratulations on representing the good citizens of Memphis, Tennessee. So there, now I've said it. Now we can, we can <laughs> You're get very Much too kind, uh, much too kind. Tim is, Tim is extraordinary and it's the elevation of the people of Memphis's voice uh, through folks like you uh, that is helping us to build this movement and this momentum. Uh, our co-founders, uh, Kizzy Jones, Kathy Robinson, two amazing black women uh, have helped to push this moment into a movement. And we're so grateful uh, to have a platform like this uh, with your listeners and with you continue to advocate and lift up the voices of people in South Memphis who uh, this company, uh, this crude oil pipeline company never expected to be able to put up a fight uh, like we're able to do uh, thanks to so much support coming from folks like you and Tim uh, in this movement. Absolutely. So, so, so take us back to the beginning here. Okay. So we have, we, we've learned about your background and in, in our little brief bio, but what I want to do is for the sake of our listeners who may be completely unfamiliar with this, mm -hmm. I want to break it down on, you know, an elementary school level uh, so that we can gain an understanding and see exactly what it is that is happening in Memphis. So if you could just start us off with, how this, the origin of this pipeline idea, and then, you know, lead us into the, to, to the activism and the, the community coming together, if you don't mind. Uh, more than happy to. Uh, and thanks to everybody that, that's listening uh, and working to join our fight here in Memphis. Uh, what we have is a case, as you've already said, Bill, it's a case of environmental injustice and racism. Uh, the Plains All-America, uh, which is headquartered out of Texas and Valero Energy Corporation, uh, got together to create a new company a couple of years ago called Bahalia Pipeline LLC. Uh, and that was to prevent people from looking up the damage that Valero has done in communities of color and to look up, not to look up the damage that Plains All-American has done to communities across this country with toxins and oil spills and the like. So they created a new company. And this company said, we want to get oil from Oklahoma to the Gulf. 
Mm-hmm. OK, no oil is coming to the United States of America. None of it is going to have any public benefit, but we need to think about how we do that most efficiently. And when you talk about uh, profits over people, this is the best case scenario. So they said we need to figure that out. There are two pipelines down near Memphis and uh, Marshall County, Mississippi. And so the quickest thing that we can do is build a pipeline uh, through Mississippi and southwest Memphis uh, to make sure that our oil is more efficiently exported to the Gulf regardless of the benefit to the community, regardless of the impact this is going to have on the environment, and regardless of what the people in those communities think, care, or say, this is what we're going to do. Okay. And so over the last kind of two years, they've been going to landowners in Mississippi and in Memphis, and they're saying, we need your land in order for us to build this pipeline. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to take you to court. And so they've pressured dozens of homeowners uh, and landowners in this way to get their land. And so there's been the threats of taking land and there's been the reality that some people have been sued uh, by the corporation to condemn their land. And some people don't even know that they're being sued and that if they don't show up in 30 days, their land is gone. Uh, And so this is some of the tactics that this corporation has been using to take people's land. Okay, Um, but we got some serious issues. They're building this pipeline over our aquifer. It's Memphis's drinking water with the largest municipality in the country to get its water. Uh, from groundwater. And this corporation is going to build a crude oil pipeline uh, above that. And just to uh, top it off, we're in one of the most seismically active earthquake zones in the southeastern part of the United States. Mm. Okay. And we said, why would you do this? Right. You've got the environmental degradation that's imminent because pipelines spill. Mm -hmm. You've got an earthquake zone. And then you've got a community that's 97 plus percent African-American and lower wealth. And the pipeline company said this, they said, we chose basically a point of least resistance. It is this idea that people who are lower wealth, that people of color, that people who don't have the social, political, and economic resources of more wealthy, more white communities are able to be exploited by corporations like Plains All-American, Valero, and Bihalia Pipeline that made our community vulnerable uh, to this potential uh, hazard uh, in our very backyards. Let, let me ask you this, Justin. I'm just curious. So, so um, when you describe the the uh, the the value and the precious nature of the aquifer itself, yeah. what I want to be clear about is who all does that particular aquifer? I mean, how how many people does it serve? Yeah, and and does its reach extend beyond just the black community oh, yeah. that they want to build the pipeline? over. Definitely. So, and this is why we're telling people this is not just a Southwest Memphis issue. Uh, We all get our drinking water uh, from the Memphis aquifer in Memphis. In addition, so do the people down in Mississippi, right? This is a huge amount of water that we're talking about that is actually supplying drinking water for over a million people within this region and within this area. Uh, And the ramifications of this would be damning for all of us. Right, right. And, and I guess that's what's important, because wh- while the fight is is because of it running through and, and uh, these these black communities, mm-hmm. the 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 outcome of that affects more than just the black community. Exactly. Yes, because we all require water to live. Exactly. Okay, so well, if you don't think about the sacredness of the water, because you don't even think about the sacredness of the people. Right. Uh-huh. These decisions for profit begin to make more sense to them. 
if, if the people don't have value, certainly the natural resource on which we live cannot have value from the way that they're looking at it. They're looking at their $7 billion in revenue, uh, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the resource that we can't, we can't make more of after it's contaminated with crude oil. And we had Dr. Douglas Kostler did an independent hydrogeologic study and found that just one pound of this crude oil, one pound inside the aquifer would contaminate 25 million gallons of water, one pound. And they're gonna be pumping over 140,000 gallons of crude oil. And one barrel of crude oil is 300 pounds. Mm. So, so we're looking at consequences that would uh, destroy our ability to drink the water while we are living, but also for future generations. Uh, and this corporation is not thinking in those terms because they're only thinking in the terms of their profit, regardless of the millions of people who are relying on this water to live, quite literally. Wow, that's incredible. Um, well, I know that this, you know, it, it, it's, you know, something that occurred to me, and again, through the course of the show, which has been illuminated by, of course, the pandemic itself, mm-hmm. is us hearing over and over again through many different uh, scenarios throughout time, but but because of the pandemic, where we're all just isolated and forced to consume and listen to these reports all the time, um, the idea of Black people in, inherently sort of having this this predisposition where something like a pandemic has greater uh, destruction on people and you start to put it together and you say, okay, so what we're suggesting Mm -hmm. is that black people have um, acquired uh, uh, compromised immune systems over time. And, And when you start to look at the larger picture, you understand that it's not just what's going on with the water, it's the factories and the other things that, in other words, the dumping ground mentality that has happened in these low income because they can't put up much of a fight because you can't, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a law firm, man, what are you going to do? You know, mm-hmm. who are you? And it's that mentality that allows people to continue to get away with um, these sort of actions, you know, where it's money over and greed over, you know, a human concern. And, and yeah. that's, um, it's, it's amazing. You know, I have, I've, I've just been sort of gathering up little kibbles and bits throughout the course of the show and through the many discussions with medical doctors and, you know, uh, um, social workers. I mean, about every level that and, and, and everybody lives somewhere and their environment uh, contributes to their health status or their ability to learn, their ability to focus and blah, blah, blah. Because certainly I don't believe by any means that black people just have sort of genetically have some sort of predisposition to bad. Come on. Exactly. That's not true. Um, So, uh, yeah, you're you're really on to something. And again, I applaud all the efforts that you have out there. We're going to have to take a break here in just a second. But uh, I want to continue this conversation. You are listening to Bill Myers Inspires. And today we are talking about Memphis struggles for justice once again. Um, And I'm here with my special guest, Justin J. Pearson, and we'll be back in just one moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires, as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. 
Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back and we continue our series on Black History Month with my special guest, Justin J. Pearson, who's in the process of writing history in Memphis, Tennessee with... uh, what's going on down there. So, so Justin, in our first segment, you just outlined the origin of the, the, of, of the pipeline itself and this new corporation and, and, uh, and all that, and their plan to run this through the black community. So now what I'd like to know is let's take the, let's look into the next step, which is how has the community then responded? And this, this may lead us into, the formation of MCAP and some other things. But again, I just, for the benefit of our audience, want to make sure that they get saddled up and understand exactly what's going on down there. Definitely. So the community rallied on October 17th at a meeting that the crude oil pipeline company had, and they provided a presentation, you know, saying we are going to give a million dollars in philanthropy across the community. Uh, we know what that money's for. It's to silence people who might otherwise advocate against it. It is to serve as an anesthetic to the pain that we know that these folks are going to cause. But they did this wonderful presentation to try and convince us that $500,000 in taxes per year is somehow worth an invaluable resource of our people and our drinking water. And at that meeting, people in the community started speaking. They started saying, uh, we, we don't want this here. Uh, why couldn't you choose the other pipeline uh, the other routes that went through other communities that didn't look like ours, right? What, what were right. those decision-making uh, that went into those processes? And there, I met some other people. That's where I met Kizzy Jones. That's where I met Kathy Robinson, who had been doing some work already. And we said, we have to do something differently, 
right? We okay. have to resist because, and you mentioned this in the first segment, but we have 17 toxic release inventory facilities in the community. They burned coal for fi- over 50 years in South Memphis. Uh, we have a cancer rate that's four times the national re- average. Hmm. Uh, the amount of pollution and the amount of environmental degradation that the people are literally experiencing in their very own bodies uh, has been persisting and has been happening for decades upon decades upon decades. And the level of resistance that is necessary to prevent this from happening has been deprived because economic opportunity has been taken out of the community. And so social power has been taken out, political power has been taken out. And so the community, which I know to be a resilient place is continuing due to the systems that we have at play in this area. And for these particular people, uh, it's operating to actually make them more vulnerable to the predatory practices of oil companies and oil refineries and industry in a way that other places aren't. And so Bill, the people in the community, we carry that uh, in our very bodies, right? Both my grandmothers, God rest their souls, are buried in 3109 uh, and died in their 60s of cancer. Right? Mm-hmm. That there's something happening when that story is way too common in the community and people right. learn more about environmental racism and they say, that's what killed my mama or my oh. grandmama. And, and that's actually what's happening to me. Right? We have a defense depot in the same community. And so th- those things, those histories we carry with us. And right. so we meet on October 17th and people say, enough enough is enough. We, we don't want any more of your oil pipelines. We don't want any more of your toxins. We've had enough. Uh, and the company isn't listening. In fact, someone got up toward the end of it and said, uh, you all just need to get ready for this to happen to you because we're, we're, we're coming and we're going to build this pipeline. Uh, Kathy, Kizzy, myself said, uh, no, we're okay. Uh, so let's start organizing and galvanizing the community. And the resistance and the resilience began to show a community association after community association said, how can we help? What, what can we start to tell people? What can we do? Because this right. is one of the, the challenges, Bill, that we have with this pipeline fight is operating, feeling, at least at the start, like we were in a silo unto ourselves. We hadn't yet really realized how connected some of these movements really are or could be. And right. so at that very start, it was locally, how can we start to organize? How can we start to inform people, educate people, then activate them? And so we started that process and learning about this and learning about that. And so we did an appeal with our friends at Breach Collective uh, to the permit that was approved by the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. And then we started working on our congressmen to get involved and get engaged. And so we started literally just phone banking uh, off of Facebook saying, y'all, give them a call. Tell them that they need to do something. These, these elect officials need to work. And the groundswell of support started to rise up. Yeah. And so we said, how do we start to find those most impacted, right? Because we, we know that there are people who are going to be hurt. We know that people are going to be damaged. But how do you find the people, for instance, that by Haley is sued and is trying to take their family's ancestral land? And so we held a community rally in December, December 12th. Um, and I have to tell you, it was December, but it felt like a spring day. Uh, and we knew uh, the ancestors were with us uh, on that day for sure and, and, and with us in this journey because it was there uh, that we met uh, Clyde Robinson uh, and we met Marie Odom, uh, who are one of the folks uh, who now are fort- we're really fortunate and blessed that Birch Porter and Johnson is helping them in their condemnation case. Uh, but they were sued by the company and they went to court and the, they said, you know what, we gave them 30 days, judge, let us take their land. 
And the judge said, well, they didn't sign those documents. And so you have to give them 30 more days. And within that next 30 days, Bill, uh, a lot happened. Uh, the Southern Environmental Law Center was able to uh, write letters on our behalf and with us to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineer, uh, Engineers. Uh, we were able to have Scott Crosby become an attorney for people who were fighting these condemnation cases with Birch Porter and Johnson, which is the same firm uh, who fought with the sanitation workers. And so you're starting to see some echoes of our past really starting to right. impact our present and our future. Wow, that is tremendous. So now, so now with that and our, our rallies and all that, so now let's let's sort of pick it up from there and see what, what is our next, let, tell me about MCAP and, and, and the, yeah. the, the, the uh, uh, actions there, because I can attest to some of the tremendous growth and I haven't been involved that long, but I can, man, it's, it's, it's really, really taken on steam. And, and I think you guys have done a tremendous job. So fill us in on that. I don't want to. Definitely. So Memphis community against the pipeline MCAP, Started with sort of three people founding it, and now we're getting the attention of people across the country. And so we're really blessed uh, that we've had a petition over 10,000 people have signed. On our Facebook group, we went from celebrating, you know, reaching 100 to now having over 2,200 people and a website with memphiscap.org. And so we are starting to uh, build uh, power in a way uh, that crosses so many boundaries, even the very boundaries of our our. Uh, city into helping the people and the folks down in Mississippi. And so uh, MCAP is a movement. It is a movement for environmental justice, yes, but related to something you said early, it is also the uncovering of other injustices. Mm -hmm. And so we're fighting a pipeline now and in the injustice of this pipeline, but we're really also realizing that poverty is playing a central role in why this pipeline's decision was made and that political representation really matters in our city and in our communities because this place uh, called Westwood and Boxtown has been too often deprived of that. But now you have people in Boxtown like Batsa Booker, who's the president of the Neighborhood Association, speaking at rallies with MCAP and talking to an audience of both white folks and black folks and upper class and middle class and lower class folks. And so we're seeing a, a movement building that is across so many different races and coalitions uh, that we believe will be able to affect some change at the city council level in particular, where we think uh, there's a lot of power to help stop this pipeline. Okay, let, let, let's talk about that, this, the, the focus on the city council and, and what power lies in their hands, as uh, that clearly is a, is a point of focus right now. And so right. explain to us the importance of that and, um, and, and why they may have the kind of power. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Of course, a lot of these pipeline fights is looking to the Biden-Harris administration to intervene. Uh, they're relying on them to repeal something or to uh, uh, make a statement that would help them to stop the pipeline fight. What we have learned, and we would love for the Biden-Harris administration to repeal the uh, nationwide permit 12 uh, policy uh, in general, especially with our case, because of the way that is being operated and used by this uh, pipeline company. We don't think it's just. Uh, but what we were fortunate to find, based on the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers report, based on the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation's permitting process, mm -hmm. they don't look at Memphis's drinking water. Uh, they say we cannot consider uh, drinking water uh, that comes from an aquifer. And so it's not our problem. We disagree with both of them. But what they did say is it is up to the locality to protect its resources and its people. And so it's up to the Memphis City Council. It's up to the county commissioners and the mayors to say our people matter more than profit. Uh, and we are really fortunate right now that Councilman Edmund Ford uh, 
uh, senior and councilman, uh, Dr. Jeff Warren, are working uh, to put forward a, an ordinance uh, to prevent the building of pipelines without the city council's permission and to protect our most valuable resource of the aquifer. And so we were doing, uh, we're doing a lot of work related to a resolution to oppose the pipeline uh, and folks want more information. And we're also with this power that's building, Bill, it's why don't, well, let's try and go for gold, right? Let, why don't right. we make a law that prevents this pipeline company from operating in our city due to the environmental impacts, but also due to the racial injustices of this practice. And so right now they can do a few things. One, this pipeline can't cross city streets without approval from the city council. Our uniform development code does not allow for the building of crude oil pipeline company, uh, crude oil pipelines in our city. Our city council has the power to protect our water source. Uh, and the reality is, and what we know, the uh, pipeline company, as it does in other places, will likely try and sue uh, the city. But we believe we have the law on our side. And thanks be uh, to God and to some amazing attorneys, we've probably got eight to 12 attorneys who are ready to fight with Memphis and to fight with our city against this pipeline company because of its unjust practices of eminent domain and the way that is operating in our city right now. Wow. You know, that is that is so awesome. So I, I just want to, you know, to take our bragging rights to a new level. Um, so since the time that I I started on the the Zoom calls and mm -hmm. and that sort of thing uh, with MCAP and, you know, at, at Tim's uh, invitation. And I'm so grateful that he invited me. <laughs> Blessings you know, to Tim. Oh, man, he's a rock star. And, and so in the midst of all of that, in I mean, we're talking about a very brief period of maybe, I don't know, 12 days or something so yeah. happening now. But I was so excited to see Jane Fonda's support come on board. Yes. I was happy to see Danny Glover coming on board. Um, I, you know, and, and I say that because the, the what's going on in Memphis is uh, we're all connected. I, I mm -hmm. mean, you know, that's the part that's that's beautiful is that people, you know, I could look at it. I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, that's not really my problem. Yes, it is my problem because <laughs> it is my problem. Yes, we're all connected. And yes. so once we can realize that and, and advocate for what is best for one another and get to a human level, and maybe we can even drop our black white stories and our rich poor stories at some point and look at brothers and sisters across the board. I mean, that's where we want to, that's where we want to be. So I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. So now that I've said my piece, <laughs> you know, <laughs> do it, do yeah. it. You're so right though. You know, I mean, that's where we got to get to. Yeah. We really do have to get to what's good for you has to be good for me. Right. And, and, and until we can create that sort of synchronicity and that reciprocity that, mm -hmm. that you know, you can't have it differently than, than I. I mean, the minute yeah. we create that, it's us and them. And mm -hmm. I've always said that us is them. Right, right. Us I, is them. I love that. I was, I was talking with the group yesterday and um, uh, a part of the, 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 one of the speakers said this, that was just so powerful that the purpose of our life might very well be to end our separateness, right? This, I, this, this goal is to achieve the, the, the 
more uniformed way of viewing one another's struggle and one another's existence. And that rooted in this fight for environmental justice and racial justice and economic justice and social justice is actually a desire to see each other as fully human, as fully worth loving, as fully worth living. And right now, the way we're set up is for it to be separate, for it to be black or for it to be white, for it to be rich and for it to be poor and for a few people to win in this society, in this country, in this world, and for everyone else to continue to strive just to get a little piece of that. And, and what, you, what you articulated here is the ultimate vision, but we have to go through this very difficult period of a, a form of suffering, but recognizing the, the suffering of another person as your own. Uh, uh, John Donne would say, right, like it's for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for me. This recognition that no person can be an island unto themselves. This idea is that we have to be transcendent beyond our own personal experiences to see the tragedies and the experiences and the suffering of other people as something happening to us, too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, you're you're on it. You're on it. Um and I and I think that there's something beautiful beautiful in that. And and in order for us, we have to get there in order to realize the vision of Dr. King. Yes. And you know, uh God's beloved community. Uh you know, so and humanity is the only way we can do that. We can't do that through the lens of black, white. We can't do that through the lens of rich, poor, you know, again, the separation. We've got to be able to see to look at one another and see ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, enough of that. But we'll be back with more of that in just a minute. So you're listening to Bill Myers Inspires with my guest today, Justin J. Pearson. We'll be back in just a minute. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back, and uh, you're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and I'm Bill Myers, and we are wrapping up our our Black History Month series today with history makers that are doing it right now. And um, so, um, and on that note, I want to sort of flip the script here and move towards 
asking Justin the question of what can we do? Uh, and I want to take our time with this because I want to make sure that we're get, able to give out the proper information uh, for our listening audience. And we will uh, also try to put together links and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but I want to make sure that we are inviting mm -hmm. our listeners to join in the fight uh, mm -hmm. because it's a worthy cause and it's uh, it affects us all. So. So, so what is the, what is our, what is the, what are the next steps that we can uh, assist the efforts and, and the good people of Memphis in protecting their water? Well, first, thank you for the question. It's my, one of my favorite ones for sure. Um, again, it is the elevation of uh, folks in the community who otherwise wouldn't have such an opportunity. And so uh, super, extremely grateful. Uh, one of the ways that folks can support and help, you can just sign our petition. Uh, uh, these resources are also on memphiscap.org. That's memphiscap.org and to take action. Sign our petition. We're fortunate over 10,000 people have reached out to our city council via the petition saying uh, to protect the water, to protect the people and to choose people over profit. The next thing that you can do is reach out to our city councilors and tell them where you're from, whether you're in Indiana or you're in Tennessee, uh, tell them, you know, this is an issue that affects all of us in this country, because if a crude oil pipeline company can do it to the folks here in Memphis, uh, there's no stopping them from doing it in your neighborhood, in your community. And the more that we can unify and unite in our uh, uh, desire to throw off these shackles of oppression, no matter where we are, uh, the more effective we will be longer term in creating what you've said, uh, and Dr. King said, a more beloved community. Uh, and so reach out to the Memphis city councilors, uh, asking them to protect Memphis's water, to protect Memphis's people, uh, and engage with us. Okay, good point. Now, 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 please tell us uh, where we might be able to locate, um, whether it be the email addresses and the contact information for Memphis City Council folks, so that we can put together a nice little pleasant, uh, have a nice day note for our good. <laughs> you can go to memphiscap.org, and that'll also be under the Take Action tab. And we've got a link there where you can find all of their email addresses. You can copy and paste those from that document uh, and send them a note. Uh, again, tell them where you're from, but memphiscap.org. Uh, okay. Okay. So we've, we, we've got two steps here. Uh, anything else that we can do at this time? Yeah. You also... Exactly. You can, right? We have to keep elevating this conversation nationally, just like we do Line 3 or DAPL or Keystone XL. This is one of the biggest fights for environmental justice and against environmental racism that's happening in the nation. And so if you are a leader of an organization and you'd like to do the public sign-on letter, please do that. Uh, please contact us. That's on the website as well. And follow us on social media. Uh, we're tweeting. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Continue to organize and continue to build power because it will be people power, in my opinion, uh, that is going to help us to win this fight. And so if you follow at Memphis CAP underscore ORG on Twitter or Instagram or look us up on Facebook, if that's where you are uh, at Memphis Community Against the Pipeline dash MCAP, follow us and join our movement. Okay, that that's all good stuff. And so uh, I want to I want to throw one more in here because I did get um, uh, an, a note from Tim, who also wanted to make sure that people were aware of this uh, zoom call that is taking place tomorrow. Yes. And we've got to get 
So, so to all my listeners, this is my own personal appeal to you. And uh, I would really like for you to, to, to have a good showing and to come out and attend this and participate in this Zoom meeting call that is taking place tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Okay, 3 p.m. Eastern time, and we will uh, we'll, we will try to put up the link perhaps to that Zoom meeting as well. So explain to us uh, wh what is happening tomorrow in that and Definitely. the importance of that Zoom call. Thank you for that, Bill and Tim, uh, who I know is watching. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk about and provide an update to the strategy uh, that MCAP is taking. Uh, particularly with this focus on local power that's building. And so one is to update people on where we are in this movement, but also for folks to hear firsthand from some of the landowners and co-founders of this work. And so you'll hear from Marie Odom and Clyde Robinson, 80-year-old gentleman who's been taking care of this land for 64 years and this pipeline company's trying to take it. Uh, we're really fortunate uh, to have a couple of the leaders in the environmental justice movement speaking as well, including Reverend uh, Yearwood and Bill McKibben and our co-founders Kizzy and Kathy too. Wow. You know, you have done, you guys have done an amazing job. And again, I, I don't, I, I want to be very clear. Uh, you, Justin has been out there and he has been certainly the person that I have seen and, and, and heard and engaged with, but we want to be very clear. There are a number of people who are uh, also co-founders of MCAP. So I want to make sure that the love is spread yes. to them as well, because their efforts are, are equally as great. So I, so please, please name your, your, your cohorts involved with MCAP because you guys have done a tremendous job. So I want to take a moment to lift them up. So Justin, thank you that. for that. Thank yeah. you for that. I definitely want to lift up Kathy Robinson, uh, fourth generation South Memphian, uh, and Kizzy Jones, uh, two extraordinary black women uh, who, without their support and advocacy, uh, we wouldn't be here. And Representative Barbara Cooper, who's almost 92 years old, uh, who made sure we had the meeting with Bihalia Pipeline in October so that the community's input could be li uh, listened to. And to the organizations, Breach Collective, uh, to Southern Environmental Law Center, uh, we are immensely grateful to protect our aquifer and to the Sierra Club. Uh, as well. There are so many people and so many organizations who are committing to this cause of justice and we're continuing to build power. And so when I think about the Black Clergy Collaborative of Memphis, and when I think about uh, the NAACP of Memphis really starting to take a stand against this pipeline and the injustices that we see happening, we know that a movement is building and it's going to take more. This is the reality about what a movement is and what a movement does. It is not just going to be one organization. It is not just going to be one individual, although I'm very fortunate and very privileged to be one of the leaders of this organization and of this movement. It is going to be the continued representation and people and voices across our city and across our country who choose to say, I want a social location that is with the folks who are being marginalized. I want to choose a social location with the people who are being taken advantage of. And by doing so, I'll be ensuring that we create a little bit more justice in our community and in our country. And so we're not uh, uh, taking uh, or pushing anyone away who wants to help uh, because we know that this fight will not be won by one person or one organization, but it is gonna take a collective effort. And so for everyone who is listening, uh, who is seeking, to engage and to be a part, uh, we need you. 
and you can contact us uh, via the website and we're definitely going to reach out to you. And I'll say uh, this final point because I'm happy to answer any more questions. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. This is this is what I need is for you. I don't need to get in the way of this. I need to make sure that you are able to deliver this information directly to the audience because I want to make sure they got it. So you're very kind. Um, then thank you again for the opportunity. But the reality is, uh, if we are to win, and I mentioned this before, it will be because the people have decided to be empowered uh, to create change. Too often, those who are most marginalized are also tasked with being the most vocal and the most active and the most engaged, while those who are more privileged, who are actually able to read all the articles and watch all the video clips, uh, are participating from a distance. And it is time that those who have those privileges and those opportunities to watch also join, join in this work and join in this fight for justice so that people who are too often marginalized can have other people to help them carry these weights uh, and carry these burdens that they have been forced to carry uh, by no choice of their own, but by choices that they didn't make due to redlining, through the misuse of eminent domain at other times. Uh, now is the time to say, we can do something differently. We can create something better and do it together. You know, Justin, that, that's why we love you, sir. You, you just know how to put those words together and, and make it make sense. And, and I am with you 100%. And we're going to take a break right now. And as soon as we come back, we will wrap this up. And uh, But, you know, it is a pleasure having you here today. And I stand with you and the good people of Memphis in your fight against this um, injustice that is taking place. And I believe just as you do that we can, we shall overcome this. Yes. I just want to alter that lyric. We, can, we shall overcome yeah. this. Okay. So we will be right back in just a minute. You're listening to Bill Myers inspires with my guest today, Justin J. Pearson. And we're talking about Memphis struggles for justice. And we'll be back in just one moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back, and you are listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and I'm here with my guest today, Justin J. Pearson, who's doing amazing work. He and his, and his cohorts at MCAP are making a difference in this world. You hear me? And he is, he, you guys, you guys are doing awesome work. I, I can't applaud you enough. I can't, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it's tremendous work. Uh, and it, this is truly a David versus Goliath. <clears throat> truly a David versus Goliath. And so, um, but I do believe that as we come together, that we can absolutely uh, make a difference here and, and back this thing down. So, um, so Justin, we have a few more minutes here and I just want to make sure that um, you, you've got an opportunity to speak to the folks once again and let them know the importance of this and, and give us a reminder of the various things that we can do. Uh, you mentioned the website, so I want you to just have at it because I'm going to step okay. out of the way and let you do your thing. Fantastic. This is true. Uh, we need people. We need you. We need you. We need you. Uh, you have power. Uh, and particularly if you are a person who said, you know, I, I, I don't uh, know what to do about racial injustice. I, I don't know what to do about environmental injustice or ending uh, the reign of terror that climate change uh, is wreaking havoc on in our communities. Uh, there's a fight for you. Uh, and I do love uh, the uh, comparison to David versus Goliath. Uh, it is not only as a Christian person, but uh, we know how that story ends. Uh, and so sometimes it's good to remember the end, even as you're going through. Uh, and so if you would go to memphiscap.org, uh, go there and click take action. Uh, you can join this work simply by using your laptop or your computer or your phone to call city councilors, whether you're tweeting, whether you're using Instagram, you're elevating the conversation and the voices of people who need you to be a part of the change. And you can do it. Uh, every person can participate in this movement. That's what I love about it. That's one of the things that keeps me energized is that no matter where you are, you can advocate to say the water in Memphis matters, the people in Memphis matter, and you can do something about that. Okay. The other thing that I would encourage people to do is tomorrow, make sure that you join us uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Uh, EST. We're going to have a call. Bill will be there. I'll be there. I'll and you'll hear from some of our other co-founders and other people in the environmental justice movement who are creating justice. Uh, and you can join to learn a little bit more about what we're doing and where we're headed and how you can help to engage uh, in this moment and in this work uh, on the website as well, memphiscap.org. Uh, you'll be able to contact us and we'll keep you updated with personal newsletters and updates from me as well. And on our social media at memphiscap underscore org on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, retweet, share. Uh, believe it or not, especially in this day and age, those acts have power. Uh, when Al Gore and the Poor People's Campaign wrote letters, that has power. And it's, again, getting power to people who have been disempowered by systems of inequality and injustice. And so this movement that's happening in Memphis, every single person in this country can be a part of. I don't know about everybody else's movements, but this one is helping to transform what our, our history can be. And it's because, Bill, uh, because we care about Black futures as well as Black history. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I just, I want to apologize to you just a few minutes ago, Justin, because I left you on the video, but I was, I had some Memphis barbecue sitting over here. So. 
All good. All good. It's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, I know he won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> Start licking my, picking my teeth and stuff. So, but no, it's, um, it, it is very, very important work that's going on. And um, I cannot stress this to um, the, the listeners enough um, and how much I am in support of these efforts to make change so that our history doesn't always seem like it's just a repeat. Mm-hmm. Here we are 50 years later and we're fighting the same thing. Here we are 100 years later and we're saying the same thing. I don't know about you, but damn it, I'm tired. Right. You know, I'm tired of being tired. It's that, that's the idea. And I think that we can put an end to that and we can decide to stand with one another. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that that is, that is the goal always is how can we get rid of the separation and start to look at this because, uh, you know, I don't know if these folks, I, I mean, I'm sure the, the big oil companies and the, the Valeros and everybody else, you know, probably has their own water supply that is mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Know, and, and can send their kids to schools and, and, and are not worried about the cost of health care because exactly it doesn't bother me because it's pocket change to me, no matter how much it is. Mm-hmm. And, and while that's beautiful for the few that have it like that, mm-hmm. The question I have is, what about everyone else? That's it. What about everyone else? And uh, so I I think this is very, very important work that you're doing. And uh, I cannot stress enough my support for what you are doing. And um, I will definitely be on the call tomorrow and uh, want to do whatever I can do from Indianapolis, Indiana, and this microphone uh, to... um, to lift up the, the the good work that you guys are doing. So again, Justin J. Pearson, you're a remarkable young man doing great okay. things. And I realize that you are probably also in the works of starting the next Jackson five with that Afro. <laughs> <laughs> I have you, man. You know, I'm sitting here looking at it going, okay, it's all right. It's all good. Hey, I got, I got four brothers. Yeah, <laughs> the group is in place. See, that's the Pearson five coming to you next. I'm Bill Myers. <laughs> you go. Cause see, I got some Afro pictures too. So I'll all right now out right away. But, uh, but when pushed, I will definitely reach back. You know, those Afros that extend beyond the frame of this camera, man, yeah. it's just a bed of hair. <laughs> so no, man, love you, man. And I, and I love certainly uh, want to applaud the great work that you're doing for the good citizens of Memphis and wish you all the best. Uh, on that effort. And I'm standing there right there with you. So God bless you you so much. God bless you. I appreciate you humbled and honored and grateful to be a part of this journey with you. And together we will win. Absolutely. Yeah. We go together or not at all. How about that? There you go. That's it. All right. Thank you for tuning in and we will catch you here next week. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.